Such a joy to see you tonight. Bless your heart. Did you notice I climbed them steps pretty good tonight, brother? My knees are in a lot better shape than they were the last time I was here. <laughs> what a joy to be with you. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians uh, verse nine, chapter 9, verse 15. I was afraid the preacher would climb on that this morning. And you all know what that is. And he's talking about gifts. He could easily have included this. So, praise the Lord, he left room for me. <laughs> Boy, it's a joy to be here tonight, and it's a joy and a privilege to be able to stand in this pulpit. I don't take this lightly. I, I appreciate it that he would think enough of me to let me do this, and I thank God for it. Amen? Amen. God's been good to me. He's given me a lot of years of preaching, and, and I'm not done yet. I, I was getting kind of done there for a while. <laughs> I thank God. Well, let's have a word of prayer. Father, I thank you tonight for the privilege to be here. I pray you'd help me to bring this message out the way you'd have it to be. I love you. I thank you for loving us. I pray now that you'd be with us tonight and help us to understand the meaning of Christmas. In the lovely name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, it says here in 2 Corinthians, uh, 2, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 15. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Brother, uh, Brother Jameson preached on gifts this afternoon or this morning. And let me tell you what. We think about gifts this time of the year. Uh, when we were younger and <laughs> married, we didn't have much money for our kids. They got what they could get. One day we was down in Mississippi and we had a, a gifts. We, my wife hides them all over the place. And uh, we went several months past Christmas, and <laughs> our daughter's Snoopy, and she went and looked behind the couch. And she said, Mom, is this a Christmas gift? <laughs> <laughs> there it was, boy. And she pulled it out. What was it? She already seen it. Oh, yeah, she's Snoopy, I'll tell you. <laughs> and, all right, anyway... Uh, just think about the precious gift that God gave us, his son. For God so loved the world that he gave and his un, only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, you can't meet a deal like that. Amen. Believe in him and you got it made. Right. And so that we would not perish and have everlasting life. I'm so glad that I have the promise of everlasting life. Well, I mean... When I was younger and before I started preaching, I didn't believe in eternal security and I was losing my salvation about every week. And then for a while, I just quit. Before I met my wife, I had just quit church. I said, I've had it. I don't want to go back because I'm sick and tired of trying to keep myself saved. And then I met her and, of course, her dad was a Baptist preacher. And like I told you, when I saw him the first time, he says, are you saved? So I used to be. <laughs> he said, if you ever was, you still is. And I, of course, said, that's what you Baptists believe. And he said, oh, no, that's what the Bible teaches. And so it took him uh, till 19, it took him over seven years, five years to get me convinced of eternal life. I mean, they hammered on me hard. 
they said, let me marry their daughter in the condition that I was in. And so uh, when I found out it was real, it made it so much easier to serve God. I wasn't afraid of doing something wrong and losing it, you know. And so uh, this is an unspeakable gift. It's a precious gift. And it's something we could not have done for ourselves. I appreciate it. You know, when a child is born, you'll go along the highway and you'll see balloons. And it's a boy or it's a girl. This, the child of Jesus was more than that. It was a big deal. The angels came from heaven and proclaimed his birth. And they let it be known loud and clear. Scared the shepherds. And they told them, don't be afraid. I got good news for you. And that good news still stands for you and I today. What a deal that is. Anyway, uh, I was real pre- uh, happy about that. Let's look in Luke, if you would me. It's chapter 2, the story of Christmas, what it's all about. You know, uh, the more, the older I get, the more I appreciate what God has done. Uh, I learn more. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I didn't know much about it. When I went to Bible college, I didn't know much. Uh, I didn't, I taught them things they didn't know about. Anyway, I was in college and I kept asking questions, you know, uh, I was uh, more of a, uh, I wouldn't say Pentecostal, but I sure wasn't Baptist. <laughs> and so we had quite a time in college. But anyway, uh, I learned a lot, and, and they worked hard on me. All right. Luke 2, if you would, beginning with me in chapter, in verse 3. I'd like to share some thoughts with you. We're going to go to 14. It takes a while. Okay, and it says, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the day should be accomplished, were accomplished as she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I heard a preacher preach last night. They just murder it. They said, it, it doesn't mean there was no room in the inn. It just wasn't a room that they would be good to be accommodated in. Just to me, there was no room <laughs> in the inn, you know. And so they put him in the manger. I mean, in the barnyard. Well, I... Just as good. I mean, it don't matter where you're at. A child can be born if you take care of it. Amen. And sure, God was going to take care of his son anyway. And then it says in verse 8, And there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and glory of the Lord shone around about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That was why he was born. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a heavenly, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was a big deal with God that his son was born. It was a big deal with the angels. I'll tell you right now, it's a big deal with us. Uh, I, I am so glad that I got saved. Now I know more about it. I fought some miserable years there where I didn't, I gave up because I just couldn't keep myself saved. But you know, the more I learned that I didn't have anything to do with it, and I couldn't lose it if I want to, you know, that's, that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> you stop and think about it. He keeps us saved whether we like it or not. We're his kids, and we're, we're there forever. You have a child born to you, and that child is your child. doesn't matter how rotten he gets and what kind of trouble he gets into. He's still your child. Amen? Well, God says we're his children now, if you believe in him. I'm glad about that. The more I learn about that, the happier I am. You know, just to think that I, as rotten as I was, I could have lost my salvation very easy. Might even have lost it on the way to work when I, or today when I was halfway here and I said, I forgot my notes. She said, turn around, turn around. <laughs> I, I slammed into a driveway. Everything we owned in the back of the car came forward. I had Christmas cards out there in alphabetical order. <laughs> and they were not in alphabetical order when I got done. Anyway, uh, I, my suit coat was there. It was thrown out uh, up in the next to the seat. My Bible was on the floor. I said... <laughs> Turn around. And then, what was that? That's no way to treat your wife. No, it isn't. And so my wife, I got back to the house. She ran in. She said, what is it? I said, it's in the brown notebook that the preacher gave us for Father's Day. She couldn't find the thing. She came out. She said, it's only one page. I said, bring it on. Bring it on. That's my page. (laughs) I've I've had notes that I wrote on coffee cans and everything. Anyway, uh, we see here that it was a big deal with the Lord and a big deal with God and a big deal with the angels and all the host of heaven. I mean, you can't meet a deal like that. They come out and they just made a big declaration. More than balloons, amen? And so, praise God. And then the birth, we see the birth of Jesus was prophesied. Over 700 years before his birth, back in, uh, if you read with me in Isaiah, and we're going to look at that tonight, Isaiah. I don't have too many places to turn, but got a few. And Isaiah, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures there. Isaiah 9, 6. <laughs> you scared me there for a minute. <laughs> 9, 6. Huh? Nine six. My Bible's getting old. The pages are hard to turn. When it was new, it was hard to turn. Now it's old and getting hard to turn. Okay, verse chapter nine, verse six. For unto us a child is born; unto us a son is given. That was without ultrasound. Amen. He knew what it was going to be. A son was born. Okay, let's look. Is given. And his government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, 
And then he goes on to say, the everlasting father. That's pretty good titles given to him. The prince of peace. A son is born and he, he was given to us by God. It came from heaven and it was father, uh, God with us. And we'll see that. Look with me in Isaiah seven fourteen. Just think about that. Therefore, the Lord shall give you a sign. Behold, a son, or she shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. What a deal that is. Amen? Amen. God said, I'm going to go down there and straighten this mess out. And uh, he said, I'm going to give them the opportunity. Now, you know, the shame of it all is people that are not saved will sit there and fuss with you and, and uh, not listen to you. I got news for you. God meant for us to listen to him. And he sent his son to make sure that we listen. And his son was a special delivery. And a virgin conceived. You know, that's something that never happened before. You say, why would it be a virgin? Because he didn't want a man involved with it. Because men's blood is what's passed on from the child to the child. Can you imagine if we had earthly blood? We'd be in the same mess. God, Jesus would have been in the same mess we are. But he had precious blood. He had heavenly blood. He had the Spirit's blood. Amen? Amen? That's a different blood than what we have. He was a different child. And he came for a great purpose. And that purpose was to be the Savior of the world. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Amen? Amen. I'll tell you right now, uh, he was born to become a Savior. His birth was a gift to all of us. Yes. You know, it's not just a one or two. and uh, But it was prophesied over 700 years before it happened. There's nothing that God ever said that didn't come to pass or will come to pass. And he said a son was going to be born. I mean, that's 700 years before the child's going to be born. He told us a son was going to be born. And he knew who it was because it was him and him in the flesh. What a deal that is. You know, uh, I've, I've said before, you got the three of them, the Holy Spirit conceived with the Virgin Mary and then the child was in her and uh, I mean I'd have hated to be in Joseph's shoes I can understand how he felt uh, they they would make fun of him and her because it would have been an awful thing to be uh, have a child uh, be with child and not be married they would make a big deal of that make a mess of it and they tried to and many times they had different situations where Jesus was doing something and they said how can you be like that you're you're uh, born in uh, in wedlock out of wedlock and he, he they just said this about Jesus said you're not any good and who are you that's why they wouldn't listen to him but I got news for you he he could be what he wanted to be and he was God God in the flesh Emmanuel God with us what a deal that is. And he was born, uh, and Micah said where? Look with me in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. And uh, so I got, I'm sharing with you tonight. This is a blessing. Micah 5 and verse 2. <clears throat> but thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, 
Though thou be a little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler of Israel, whose goings forth have been what? From of old, from everlasting. He wasn't, he wasn't really, uh, this was nothing new for God to do this and being, uh, come to us. It was from everlasting and of old and born in Bethlehem. Now, you know, I thought about that in my wildest dreams, thinking that I knew everything, but how that God would know 700 years before he had a child, it was going to be a son, and then it was going to be born in Bethlehem. He could have been born anywhere, but he was born in Bethlehem because of the taxations that Jesus, that God knew was going to take place. And they all came there to be in one place to pay their taxes. Just like y'all coming to Columbiana to pay your taxes. I'll tell you right now, uh, God didn't make any mistakes. It was a wonderful deal, a big deal. And it was taking place and it was told it was going to take place and told it was going to be a son and told where he was going to be born and when he was going to be born. I don't know how to figure it out. Maybe you do, Brother Dr. Jameson. I probably think you do. But Daniel told us where he was going to be born, or when he was going to be born. And uh, it went into the fact when when a certain event took place, it would be so many years after that. And he, he called it the 70 weeks, 69 weeks until... The Jerusalem would be destroyed. The, the uh, synagogue would be, the tabernacle destroyed, or synagogue would be destroyed. And uh, Jesus taught, or God talked about that in Daniel. And then he went on to say, there will be a break, and then they'll come back. The tribulation will be the 70th week. I'll tell you, I'm glad I'm not going to be here. When I found out I had eternal life, it was a lot better when I found out I wasn't going through the tribulation. Well, I'll tell you what, that's going to be a mess. You think it's bad out there now, it's going to be awful. And so I said to God, I said to the Lord, thank you for saving me. I have said that so many times to him. And I said, I'm so happy to be saved because I don't want to go even think about going through the tribulation. And I'll tell you right now. Uh, if you're saved here tonight, you're not going through it. I don't care who you are. If you're Pentecostal, whatever, you tell me whatever you want to fight with me all day. You're not going through the tribulation. And uh, so I was so happy when I found that out. And see, when I, before I went to Bible college, I was sure we, the church was going to go through the tribulation. I was told that, you know, <laughs> and, you know, that worried me. When I went to school one day when I was... Uh, in high school, I heard that Jesus was coming this certain day. And I said, oh, man, I, that's the best prayer. I was prayed up that day. I prayed all day. And uh, I was so glad to get that day over and he hadn't come. And so I thought about that. People make prophecies about when Jesus is coming. They don't have any idea. I, if I, as far as I was concerned, it'd been, he'd been here a long time before this. And he's about to get here, though, and I'm happy about that. I can tell you that. And uh, I'm excited about it. And sometimes I get to worry. You know, they tell us that 
we're going to lose all of our money in the bank and all that. I think when that time comes, we're gone. Yeah. And it, it won't be long. And I praise the Lord for that. Of course, my wife's glad to hear that. I, I collect silver. I have a lot of silver, good, goodly bound. And she said, you don't need no more. I said, yes, I do. <laughs> and to think when the time comes that we're so bad off that our money is gone, our silver be gone too. We ain't going to be able to use it. I tell you right now, that war in Israel is on time. That's a mess over there. And people don't, they hate Israel. It's, how can it be one nation can be hated so bad that it is? And it's been treated awful. And they, in World War II, you saw what happened. They was killing Jews like there was nothing to it. Millions of Jews. Why would people hate them that bad? Because they're God's people. And we have to take and treat them good. Because God says if we treat them good, he'll treat us good. So think about that tonight. There's all this college campuses and all of them are right and saying they're on the side of Hamas and that uh, Israel needs to quit fighting. I don't blame them. Fight until they stop it. I mean, win it, you know. So I'm not, you say you're a warmonger. I guess I am. But uh, I was in the military and we lost Vietnam, the war over there. We didn't win that one. And the reason we didn't win it, because they didn't try very hard. They had the parallel that we couldn't go above. They heard certain things we couldn't do. It's just like when they were over in Iraq, they started limiting them. And I'm telling you what, the military, military cannot fight a battle where Congress tells them what they can and cannot do. And so uh, I'm, I'm not that way. I believe if you're going to fight a war, fight a war to win. Get it over with. So, uh, and Israel's that way too. They said, we're not going to stop till it's won. And so I don't know the end of this and what's going on. But I know one thing, it's on time for us that it's part of God's plan. And uh, this hatred will stop one of these days. I just wish Israel believed in the Lord Jesus Christ better than they do. I believe, I wish they were saved. And uh, that's, if you're here tonight and you're not saved, shame on you. You ought to get saved. Amen? I'll tell you, when I was young and a preacher was preaching, I got under conviction so bad. And I'm saying to, my, to you tonight, if you're under conviction, I don't know how you can keep him getting saved. I was under conviction so bad that if he had stopped preaching, I'd have ran to the altar right then. And uh, my dad was sitting with me. They accused him of pushing me out in the altar, out in the aisle. And I got up out of that seat so fast. I was a fifth row back. I jumped up and run to the altar. And then a group of men come up there and grab me and said, pray through. <laughs> I didn't know how to pray through. I was praying. As far as I was concerned, I was already saved. And uh, then, of course, I told you, I went out in the car and said to my dad, what's it feel like to be saved? Dad said, I don't know. He said, I'm saved, but I don't know what to tell you it feels like. But I found out what it feels like. It feels good to be clean. And away with that conviction. Boy, that conviction was killing me. And so I'm here to tell you tonight, if you're under conviction, shame on you if you don't listen to God and get saved. Now, let me say this. His birth was a gift to all. Look with me in John 4, if you would, please. Now, you all know what chapter 
John 4 is all about. It's the woman at the well. So we're going to look at something here. I want you to see something. We're talking about the gift of God. John 4. And look with me in verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that said that he give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given you living, the living water. The gift of God. He said, if you knew you were talking to the gift of God. Amen. We're talking about this unspeakable gift. And I, I'll tell you right now, I'm thankful for that gift. What a deal that was. A woman at the well, and she, she got under conviction, and she was truthful with him. He said, go tell your husband. She said, I don't have no husband. He said, you answered right because you had five and the one you're living with now is not your husband. But she knew that he knew all about her. And she took off and ran into town and told them, come see a man that knows everything about me. And he is, he is the Messiah. And a woman doesn't give the story out that time. And it, it took root because they come running to see who Jesus was. And the, and the apostles came back from going to town to get food. What are you doing talking to her? That's what's going through their mind because Samaritans and Jews didn't have any dealings with the Samaritans. But Jesus said, I have a certain job and I must go through Samaria because she needs to be saved. Praise God. He came here tonight, if you're not saved, to tell you that he, you have to get saved. I remember uh, one time when I was preaching and uh, in fact, it was Baghdad, Arizona, talking about uh, God. When God comes and touches your heart, you cannot avoid it. You must do something. We had a man in the in, in the congregation at night that was a uh, what's it when you don't believe in God? Atheist. He come to the, your dad's house that night. He wanted to see more about that. Now, his, he was an atheist. Why was he even in church? He came to hear something, and when he got done, he came over there to learn about Jesus. And he says, uh, I don't know. I'll think on this. And I said, you better not think long because the Lord's dealing with you. You better take advantage of it now. And so, of course, I was a young buck. I had all the answers then. I don't have any now. <laughs> and so I'll tell you right now. Anyway, let me say in conclusion, if thou knewest the gift that God is dealing with you, you'd get saved. And then we know that the word of God tells us, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And then Romans ten thirteen, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can't do anything better than that. Call on him, believe in him. And I'll tell you what, he made it so easy for us and he paid the price. And we get the bennies. And that's something I never, you know, we can't get over. And then I want to share you something real good here in Acts 28. Acts 28. I've been reading the last couple of weeks about the, Paul and his trip to Rome. He's on his way to Rome. And <clears throat> in Acts 28, listen to what it says there. This is wonderful. Verse 28. He's talking to a bunch of people here. 
Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. Can you believe that? See, the Jews didn't want to hear it. He said, and Paul said he was sent to the Gentiles. He said, they will hear it. People today need to hear that. We're Gentiles. We're not Jews. And when we hear the gospel, we will hear it. That's an amazing statement. Amen? Amen. I hope there's something that you learned here tonight that will help you. And it helped me as I was studying for this to think about Jesus told us how he would be born, where he would be born, when he would be born, and why he would be born to be the Savior of the world. And he's here for you and I tonight. What a deal that is. Amen? And the Gentiles will hear it. All right, let's have a word of prayer.